0: This is Janus's game. He makes the rules. No guns allowed must be one of them. By now, I'm not sure what your impressions are of the novel. Um, So you've heard me talk about the human spirit. You've heard me talk about society. Obviously, there's a big societal message in Sirius and Lemnick. If you heard me talk about buildings being demolished, uh, I bet it sounds pretty bleak And to those listening out there, but and to you as well. Um, but even though it does include all of those things and uh, social commentary about serious issues, it also has some fun moments, and I wanted to add some fantasy elements and add a different flavor to the novel because I think it's important about how... You know, as a teacher, I know it's important how you package your lessons, and the ones that are flashier and tend to use more tools, I don't want to say gimmicks, but you know what I'm saying, the one, they're the ones that stick your mind for a long time. So, that's what I did with, with this novel. I ended up taking uh, the main narrative, and I structured Uh, It as a popular video game genre would And that video game genre is known as the Japanese role-playing game or more, more popularly known as JRPGs back when i think back my history with video games it's uh it's pretty long at this point um i started my first game i probably played i don't i don't even remember i just remember we had we had an nes we had a nintendo entertainment system and we had mario duck hunt but then i remember at first i was like i couldn't play duck hunt i would turn it on and i'd be like why doesn't this work (laughs) what's wrong with this game uh Of course, you need the the light gun, the gun peripheral to be able to play it. But I didn't know that as at the time. So that was probably the first game I did play. The original Super Mario Brothers. I was terrible at it, but um yeah, I remember that was around. And it was funny because I remember my brother, my older brother, had actually won that Nintendo. He did like an essay contest or something, and that's how he we got our first Nintendo. It was just like he won it as part of a contest. It was pretty cool. But anyway, anyway. So, a big part of my childhood and really fond memories for me is actually just watching my older brother just play games. So, he would rent games. We would rent games from like Blockbuster Video. We'd come back, and I remember <laughs> calling my younger brother, being like, oh, there's a movie on or something. Anytime there was like a cutscene or something like that, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It was funny stuff. Good times. Well, the first game that I played personally that I remember like playing through and beating on my own was Mega Man 3. Man, I remember that joint was hard. <laughs> I just not remember Snake Man's level. Like that thing, that took me a long time to be able to get through that on my own. But when it comes to JRPGs, uh, the first one that I played through and beat and, and that I remember, like, enjoying was this game called Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals. So, you know, looking back, Lufia 2 is pretty uh, typical JRPG, you know, the top-down, you know, the kind of medieval-ish type themes with, like, ancient technology, that type. But I remember the the story breaks like there's this part like midway through i think where the two two of the main heroes maximum salon they get married and they have a kid and the game you know you defeat this really hard boss you go through this really hard temple i remember that game had a lot of really tough puzzles too like that were kind of like wow at least they were hard for me at the time so anyway yeah they get married and the game shows you like a whole year of their life as they settle down in their town and get married, and uh, I thought that was kind of unique. I was like, "They're getting married in the middle of the game? Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> Where's the rest of the game?" Like, that's what I thought at first, but then after a while, that I I saw the meaning in it. I just remember the ending as well, like them. Well, spoiler alert for a 25-year-old game, you know, they die at the end and they, their souls kind of go up. And that end theme is just very emotionally impactful. I, I remember that to this day. So what what drew me into these types of games? Well, when I was a kid, I really liked reading. Like I always used to read. So one of the early books that I remember series that I remember reading was the old Hardy Boys uh, books. So these are like, I can't remember when they originally came out, but I remember my, my, my library had them when I was in elementary school. So anytime I would finish my work early, which was like almost all the time in elementary school, uh, I could just, oh, you can go to the book and get a, get a book to read. So I would read these books. So I really enjoyed those. um, And I felt like, JRPGs were kind of those types of books translated, you know, not the, not that they were like the Hardy Boys, you know, but you know what you know what I mean. Like it was like this adventure, but instead of just like reading about it in the book, you're actually controlling the characters, you're building the stuff up, and, and I really like that. So, really, it was the combination of of gameplay and narrative that really got me into JRPGs. And I've always enjoyed those about those games. So even though (laughs) Sirius and is, of course, a novel, it's not an RPG, but it does borrow a good amount of narrative conventions and structure from these types of games. So, the first way that it, that it incorporates the structure is just the structure of the the, the characters, right? So, in a typical uh, Japanese role-playing game, if you're not familiar, you have either a single hero or you have, like, a band of heroes. And especially in JRPGs, they like bands of heroes. Like, these groups are usually, like, really young. They're, like, in their teens or something, even though they act like... <laughs> They're like super old. The old guy is like thirty. I always thought that was funny. <laughs> in these in these JRPGs in these animes. It's like yeah, he's super old and grizzled. He he's the veteran. He's like twenty nine. I always thought that was funny. Uh what does that make me now? <laughs> but uh anyway, anyway, yeah. So they usually come from different backgrounds too. It's this group of people, so they have different backgrounds, or they're different classes and races, and they're from different nations. And then typically these people come together to fight some type of collective threat, whether the threats to their their nation, their country, themselves, or the world. You know that's kind of a a standard convention of JRPGs, and it was something that I wanted to uh, duplicate in. Or not duplicate, but I just wanted to showcase in Sirius and Lemnick. I guess duplicate's the wrong word. So each character, you'll see when you read Sirius and Limnic that each character kind of comes with their own, from their own world. They have their own strengths and weaknesses, um, and they have their own backgrounds. And as the reader goes through the story, just like in a JRPG, you'll learn more and more about the backstories of these characters... And then as they encounter each other, you'll see how some relationships are formed, some for the good, some for the bad. It's just kind of, that's kind of the way it goes. So I thought that (laughs) this uh, structure would be pretty cool to insert into the novel. I think fans of JRPGs and video games in general, especially if if you enjoy like... Action adventure type video games, you know, I'm thinking like um, just the old <laughs> 3D world games, like uh, just explore exploration, you know. It, well, th- there's not really exploration. Let me let me take that back. Let me walk that back. It's more like if you enjoy story based RPGs, think like Final Fantasy or something like that, um, then you'll most likely enjoy the novel. For sure. So when I think about video games and the mainstream media, it's it's interesting because I feel like even though to me, you know, (laughs) video games are have been a legit medium for decades now even going back to some of the super nintendo games like i talked about lufia 2 you know like i remember feeling that emotion as a 10 year old kid you know watching these 2d sprites on a on an old tv you know so and and there was nowhere near the you know the, the hollywood level production or the graphics or anything like that that there is today but I, I think an example of this is I recently started watching house and yeah, I know I'm like 10 years late to the house party, but it's a really good show. You know, I was, uh, <laughs> let me alone. I I could, I couldn't watch it. I was in the military at the time. So I, I really didn't have time to watch uh house, but now that I'm watching it, I see it's a, it's a great show. Um, not just like the medical drama standpoint, but, House Doctor House as a character. He's you know, now that I'm I'm writing my own novel and I'm creating characters, like man, the writers just did such a great job with this character. And of course Hugh Laurie has the actor portraying him, but um yeah, he you know, he's weird, he's moody, he's just a straight up jerk sometimes. Um and they often showing show him playing video games throughout the show. At least at least in the first two or three seasons. I'm I'm on season three right now. So House will be playing like a Game Boy Advance or he'll be playing like a PlayStation Portable. And it's always annoyed me, you know, as as a gamer myself, when I see people playing video games in movies or in TV and the sounds are like that of like, a 1970s arcade or or a damn pinball machine or something it's super annoying i'm like have you not played a video game in the last like decade or something like games haven't sounded like that in a very long time especially like a console game or you know even on on the game Boy advance or playstation playstation portable you know you, you can have like regular sounding music and sound effects most games do unless they're intentionally going for that retro effect anyway i i just think it it kind of diminishes video games as a legit medium for storytelling you know i I just don't like it um and i'm not sure why they do this i'm not sure if it's because you know mainstream people at least back then you know of course house originally came out and like I think it was like 2005 or something like that, 2004. It was a, it was a long time ago. But uh, I guess video games definitely weren't as mainstream, especially for adults back then. But still, like, come on. It's just, know, know your source material, right? But I mean, it, think about it. I to think about it this way. You know, if you ask anybody who's played like a recent AAA title, like The Last of Us Part Two or Final Fantasy VII Remake, you don't doubt, they will probably tell you that they felt the emotional gamut throughout playing those games, you know. Like, they they cried during moments of heightened emotion with the characters, and they they felt the sweat and anxiety as they guided these characters throughout the the game and the situations. I think this is the true nature of video games as an art form, and the capability of what they bring to the table. You know, when I was playing, I think back to when I was nine years old and I was playing Donkey Kong Country on my Super Nintendo, I had no idea that it would become, you know, the games I was playing were part of that early, now the legacy of games that has now spawned a billion dollar industry, a new sports phenomenon through eSports, of course, and Just become a more legit and mature way for creators of all types to express their artistic vision. I just couldn't see it back then. Because back then they were just toys and they were curiosities for hobbyists or or weird people like Dr. House. You know, like those were the people that played video games if you were an older person. Uh, In the mainstream media's eyes, of course. You know, but now... It's, it's very common for most adults to have played or, you know, seen uh, a, a video game, which I think is actually pretty cool. I've been gaming for over 30 years now, and I've seen the industry just grow and grown change. It's kind of <laughs> grown up. You know, in the last session, I mentioned how um, teenagers now have grown up with YouTube and Twitter, and I did, you know, kind of mention that. We've grown up with games, and they're kind of a part of who we are, and it's the same with with me. And at the end of the day, Sirius and Lemnick is a novel, it's not a game, but I just think it would make a fantastic JRPG. Not JRPG, but RPG in general, it doesn't have to be a Japanese RPG. But seriously, when the book releases, and if some game dev liked it out there, and... Would be willing to turn in a game. I would be all for it. I would would jump on that. (laughs) Most authors want their books to become a movie. Or a series on a streaming service. Like Netflix. Or or Amazon or something. I want mine to become a video game. I guess times certainly have changed. Music for the Sirius and Limnick podcast was provided by Ryan Fonger. For more information about Sirius and Limnick, visit keithhayden.net and subscribe or follow at KH underscore author on Twitter. For future episodes, subscribe and follow the Sirius and Limnick podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher.